Hello and welcome to the Skewer Podcast. The Skewer is a live monthly news review that satirizes the news of the month through op-eds, debate, and more. It's a good time, but also serious. It's fun. You'll like it. This show was recorded at Cafe Mustache in Chicago on Wednesday, October 4th. Enjoy. Welcome to the October edition of The Skewer in 2017! Yeah! First up at The Skewer, we're going to be getting with our fake news quiz, hosted by the one and only, the ineffable, the indescribable, Kevin! I'm, I'm mostly indescribable because I didn't give her a bio. Oh well. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a very simple game. Um, I'm gonna tell some news facts or fiction, and then two truths and a lie. You tell me what's wrong. Well, you tell me what's fake. You tell me what's fake. Because if, if you were to tell me what's wrong, it, it would be, we would be here all night, because all the news this year sucks. Um, but yeah, it's two truths and a lie. Just tell me the good one, and then we go on. And then, if you do well, you get a prize. If you do poorly, you also get a prize. <laughs> nice little s- skewer swag. You volunteer as tribute already. I did not even ask for volunteers. Okay, Tom. I haven't played yet. This game's fun to me. Who, who are you? I'm Tom Harrison. I am a co-producer of this show with Erica Treisbach. And I've never done the fake news quiz because I've always uh, seen the fake headlines beforehand, but not this one. And you've always been hosting, also. So. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, all right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, good. First story A woman was trapped between windows attempting to retrieve her own feces after a tender date. After a what? Tender date. Okay. You know the app. Yeah. Okay. Story two. Iowa high school students disciplined for images featuring KKK hoods. I don't think they would be disciplined for that, unfortunately, but okay. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, third story. Rocky start to the CBS spinoff series chronicling the early years of Big Bang Theory's Sheldon. Okay, that's the fake one because it actually had an amazing start, which is one of the worst things of all time. Thank you for already knowing that, Tom. Well, that was my guess. That's number three. That's the fake one. It, it, is, it is true. It is sadly, sadly true. It is so formulaic. And you, oh, my God. What if the kid was annoying? Amazing. Uh, it, it had the best debut in the last four years for a sitcom. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 First story. A gamer permanently banned from EVE Online after attempting to dox a player in order to cut off his hands. I believe it. Okay. 
Sorry, two. Stanford University created an algorithm capable of determining if a man is gay from a single photo with 81% accuracy. Okay. Story three. Alex Jones mentioned he would be risking his life to suggest Trump is suffering from Alzheimer's. He said that he would be risking his life to suggest that. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. I also think the gamer and hands thing is true, but I also think that the gay picture face... I'm gonna say... That's, that's how I make this game, Tom, yes. I'm gonna... I'm gonna say number two, the, 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 the algorithm is fake. Uh, no, that, that one is true. Stanford has that ability, I guess. What's and if you're wondering, it's 74% accurate uh, for women. And if you add more photos, it just gets better. Mm. So that could be some weird shit going on with that. Uh, the Alex Jones one. He actually said that Trump is being drugged. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right? Yeah, to make like, him look stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like most presidents, he is being drugged surreptitiously in his Diet Cokes. That's why he slurs. And he doesn't, Trump doesn't actually notice this because he's such a bull. He's just <laughs> such a virile man. He, doesn't, he can't tell he's being drugged. See, I thought it was true because Alex, Alex Jones always says he risks his life to do yeah. things. That, that is true, that is true. Okay. First story of this set. Peta wins case against photographer, ensuring a macaw will receive all proceeds from a monkey selfie. Okay. Okay. Second story. Paul Hollywood of the Great British Bake Off spotted wearing a full Nazi uniform. Doesn't that doesn't that just hurt your heart? True or not, I said those words and your and your heart is breaking. Your heart is breaking. It must have been early Halloween. That's a, that's a fucked up Halloween. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not saying that's not wrong. Okay, and, and for your last story, sexual, uh, sex offender Brock Turner is now immortalized in a criminal justice textbook with his summary of his story exemplifying the definition of rape. Okay. So I'm, obviously I want the Paul Hollywood thing to be fake, mm-hmm. but... But I know that Brock Turner is in a law, law textbook, but I don't know why, and I really feel like that's something that you would tweak to, to catch me. That's mm. like, I'm going to go with, I, I, I just don't want him to have been a Nazi. I'm going Paul Hollywood is fake. Oh, oh no. Yeah, he was, there's, there's apparently <laughs> some British comedy show called Hello, Hello, and... The character wears that, and so he was wearing that to be, like, the character. Oh. It's, it's like, spot-on Nazi, though. It's in poor taste. It is in very poor taste. <laughs> um, the Brock Turner one, very true. Very true. I'm very happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the PETA case, he act, they actually lost. It was thrown out. Oh. And he won. But he was like, I'll settle this. And then I'll just give I'll give you guys money in the future. That's okay. fine. And I thought the monkey won. And what's what's nice is that uh, for anime nerds out there, the case is Naruto versus David Slater, which just sounds cool. I 
feel like Naruto would kick anyone's ass named David Slater. He doesn't have any. He doesn't have any ninjutsus. That's true. Well, you got two out of the three. You did. You did. Yeah. Did we get one? Oh, actually, you got one out of three. Yeah. <laughs> I did oh, bad. wow. Oh, well. Take away half of those claps. You only got one. But, but good job. Good job, Tom. Yay. I, I am not sure what's about to happen right now. Okay. Welcome up to the stage, your host for the evening, wearing a Chewbacca mask. You can't hear it as well. But she did. I'm going to go away. It's our Halloween show, so I wanted to come in costume. There was some good news in September 2017, so let's lead with that. Last month, Bernie's Medicare for All bill made some noise with his Democratic Senate colleagues, and the broader idea of universal health care in the U.S. gained cultural traction. The shitty suck shit, suck suck Graham Cassidy Obamacare repeal bill failed. Thank you, Jimmy Kimmel. Thank you, everyone who made calls. Thank you, everyone who protested at the hearing and put their bodies against the machine and bugged the living Jiminies out of Orrin Hatch. President Diarrhea Dump picked a fight with Steph Curry, LeBron James, and all of organized sports, resulting in athletes, team owners, and anthem singers across the country proudly and publicly taking a knee during the national anthem. Bill Maher even took a knee during his show's opening monologue on September 30th, probably less in protest of police violence against black and brown bodies and more as a deliberate and personal fuck you to the president, but whatever. A year ago, Bill Maher called Colin Kaepernick an idiot, and I also think Bill Maher is an anti-Muslim bigot, but I am so down to clown with hollow gestures by powerful, privileged people. A white man on his knees? Mmm, that's my shit! We live in a shallow culture. These gestures change culture. Speaking of clowns... The Juggalos rallied in D.C. concurrent with the so-called mother of all rallies in what was widely described as two sparsely attended peaceful gatherings. The Juggalos did not, in the end, destroy the Nazis. But it's nice to know that they were ready to do it. (laughs) President Dump's pick in the Alabama Senate runoff race, Big Luther Strange, lost. And then Dump deleted his tweets, like we wouldn't notice, like pathologically checking his entire feed for hypocrisy is not the new liberal national pastime. And even though the winner, Roy Moore, sucks way more, I celebrate any moment that makes the dump appear weak. Dreamer's status in the United States is protected for now, thanks to a deal that Senator Schumer and Representative Pelosi cut with the dump, thus making him go back on his stated intentions and again making him appear weak. Of course, the bad news. Hurricanes Irma, Juan, and Maria decimated southeast Texas, Florida, and the Caribbean. As of this writing, more than half the residents of Puerto Rico have been without power or drinking water for two weeks. We're collecting money here tonight at the Skewer for Puerto Rico, right there in that glass by Tom. And I invite you to be generous. And I also invite you to imagine being abandoned for two weeks without lights and tap water, with unknown weeks more to come. Congratulations. 
you've just been more solemn and presidential than the president. Much as I relish when he appears weak, I wish this time he'd given me reason to be proud. Sunday night was the deadliest mass shooting in US history. Last night, my cab driver was playing NPR, and NPR ran an audio clip from Las Vegas, and when it happened, screams, rapid gunshots, shouts, horror. And in its wake, descriptions of the shooter as a cookie-baking nice guy. How could we have known that nice white guy would use those assault rifles to assault? Listen, 20 years ago, Australia had a mass shooting in Tasmania, so the government bought back everyone's guns and passed laws that made it harder to buy new guns. And Australia has not had one mass shooting ever since. You want to tell me that Americans love their guns more than balls-out children of nasty penal colony kangaroo fucking wild child out back Barbie shrimp crocodile hunting shingo or dingo riding Australians do? I don't think so. I think it's just that our politicians got paid by the NRA, and now they're afraid of the NRA. If the looming threat of increasingly horrific violence enabled by state-sponsored gun culture doesn't scare you, if devastating weather phenomena and the coming global ecological collapse doesn't scare you, then, mayhap, the looming threat of global thermonuclear war, threats we get to watch conducted on Twitter in real time, well, maybe that does. Meanwhile, in the name of free speech, the two most powerful online platforms in the world, Twitter and Facebook, they allow hate groups to geometrically amplify death threats as well as let trolls and robots based out of Vladivostok make whirly gigs from our electoral process. But when called out on it by users or the Justice Department, the large adult male sons who created and enabled these platforms and ignored years of warnings, these rich, white, young computer boys, they just mumble numbly about, we're trying really hard, you guys. In the marketplace of ideas. I don't want a marketplace of ideas. I want the opposite. I want a library of ideas. This country is held hostage by a terrorist minority group, the Republican Party, with an incompetent cult figurehead finger-painting in his own barf all over our civil liberties. And this minority group, despite embracing the Confederate flag, denigrating the Statue of Liberty, colluding with a foreign government to pervert and destroy our democracy, has managed to credibly claim it represents real America and real American values. Public life is just the teensiest bit stable by virtue of federal judgeships appointed in the previous era and a needle of sanity threaded by the Senate. But 2018 midterms are coming, and I count four Senate Democrats that squeaked in on Obama's coattails in 2012. Ain't gonna be no Obama coattails in 2018. All four could lose their seat. And then there goes that threaded needle. There goes healthcare. There goes public education. There goes even my wildest speculative fan fiction about gun control. But amid all these reasons to feel angry and helpless, I have also found reasons to hope. For instance, I removed my own skin tag, and it seems to not be infected. Which was a big win for me. A friend came out as a trans man, another friend is pregnant, 
and on Monday on the Addison train platform with my husband, sweet Vlad, surrounded by traffic on Highway 90, huge SUVs inching by with just the driver inside, and Vlad shaking his head, his eyes locked on the future. He said, all of this is going to go away soon, and this infrastructure will be used for something better. And sometimes I can see this era as the swing of the pendulum deep into darkness before nanotechnology, 3D printing, cellular programming, revelations about the brain and the nature of the soul, and of course, self-driving cars, usher in a new era of global friendliness and equality, a future when we might talk about human nature not as the compulsion to kill, but as the desire to share. We've got a great show for you, Nike. Coming up, you're gonna love her, Onisha Muller. Let me pull out her bio. Onisha Muller is a writer, comedian, and artist. She has a weekly column called Just Be Funny in the Daily Herald Weekender and on her blog. She performed on and co-produces The Stoop, Chicago's best storytelling show, Accurate. She pays the bills as a creative project manager. Learn more at onishamuller.com. Welcome to the stage, Onisha Muller! five seconds to press send on a work email because I want to get Abu Dhabi on the right time zone. I apologize for the semi-rudeness. I, my, my, my life is like just reading stuff on Google <laughs> and then just like, it's like just learning every day, every day. I wrote an article about Exponential technology, y'all. I don't even know what I wrote. <laughs> Every y'all, this is a gig economy. This is like when I corrected my mom's cousin's PhD thesis as an undergrad, and then she passed. I was like, wow, you're kind of smart. And I didn't realize that my life would just be writing documents about things I don't know. (laughs) 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 Oh, man, oh, man. Um, Yeah, so hi, I'm Anicia, and I have a story for you. This is a letter directed to my nephew about recent events happening on my island, St. Martin. Dear Lupa, on September 1st, you took a photo in the staircase which had been blocked off for almost a decade because after my dad left and after my older sister moved out, four bedrooms and 4.5 bathrooms just seemed too big for a middle-aged divorcee and her two teenage daughters. Oh, like a half bath is like rich people speak for a bathroom without a shower. It's reserved especially for guests. It seems extravagant, but when you consider the convenience of never having to worry about your personal bathroom being ready for guests, well, it's an adult thing. (laughs) So when your mom sent the photo to me of you in your sister Borgia uniform, I teared up because that meant 
you had the opportunity to travel in time and commune with your ancestors. You could travel in time and sit at the desk that I sat and walk the hill that I walked and ride the bus that I rode. One time for Halloween, Turtlehead dressed me as a Rasta stewardess, but no one got my costume. It was, I was just like a dusty island girl with braids and beads and a ripped t-shirt. That's the last time I let Granny design a costume for me. <laughs> During my last year of Sister Borgia, a hurricane came and destroyed the island. We had to go to school in a container for almost a year, and the island experienced power sharing. So like, cause, <clears throat> so that limited our school's resources. Oh yeah, like power sharing is when the electrical plant can't power the entire island, so they create a schedule um, so you could plan your life around when you could shower and watch TV. It's not fun, especially when you have class in a metal box in the afternoon because you're forced to share a campus with St. Joseph. They're poopy heads, by the way. Sister Borgia is definitely the better choice. <laughs> During the rebuilding, following Hurricane Lewis, the Dutch Marines, or militaries, came and really helped to restore order. They camped at Raoul Illich Sports Complex, and sometimes, if you drive by really early in the morning, you can see them do basic drills. I was just entering Pathfinder Club, so the thought of being good at basic drills was something I aspired to. We were very proud to be Dutch. It was very proud to belong to a kingdom that was run by women for three generations. The only queen bee I acknowledge is Queen Beatrix. <laughs> Being inspired by women in power wasn't only on a kingdom level. Locally, there were a few powerful women making waves. 20 years ago, St. Martin used to be part of the Netherlands Antilles. When the internet arrived, my community of, of peers expanded to the other five islands. Being an Antillian was cool, but I wasn't allowed to identify as Antillian. Granny, my mom, always reiterated that we were Dutch. If we wanted to acknowledge our island roots, we had to say Dutch Caribbean. Yuck. It's like, it doesn't even roll off the tongue. <laughs> I know who I am. I have a Dutch passport. I understand immigration law. We're just like, you know, regular Dutch people. Nothing to think. We get what they get. At summer camp in the Netherlands when I was 17, the Dutch kids were amazed that we were fluent in Dutch. Things got tense when I replied, uh, I speak Dutch because I am Dutch. After that, all our conversations felt like a trial to prove my citizenship. Why did I let Turtlehead get in my head oof, and fight all these non-existent etiquette and class fights? Why was it important for the average Dutch person to know where I fit into the Dutch kingdom? It didn't matter to me because Queen Beatrix was going to be around forever. Hail Queen Bee. <laughs> and if we needed anything, I knew that she had our back. 
Dear Lupa, how did you survive the storm? I wasn't even there, but I feel exhausted. People are screaming for the military to come and implement curfews and stop the looters. I feel conflicted. Lately, I've been slumming with the poor, and I'm actually pro not wasting resources during emergency periods. Like, just because someone is pushing supplies in a car, does cart doesn't mean that they are looting. It's a hurricane. Their car could be inoperable. They could have taken the shopping cart to carry their supplies to a shelter. Man, I really don't know. On one hand, after seeing America respond to Harvey and Ferguson, I think nothing good can come from militarized police. But where's St. Martin, the friendly island? The Dutch Marines, the Queens, the churches, the mosques, they came together 20 years ago to rebuild our island. Recent reports said that some locals were staying in a hotel since their homes were destroyed and some because some of the shelters didn't survive the storm. Dear Lupa, prepare yourself. Potato Boy is here. That's the king. I low-key felt bad for calling his majesty Potato Boy, especially after his coronation. But, but here's the news. I watched the live stream, and apparently they're displacing the hotel workers and the people staying at DV Resort. They say help comes at a cost, and the cost is that Potato Boy and crew need a place to sleep and rest their heads. What happened to camping at Rao Village Sports Complex? What happened to 5 a.m. drills? I would say, not my king, but the way America set up this European, Europe, this European Union passport is looking really good right about now. <laughs> It's been four weeks, and so far, all I hear is that there's free water, but everyone has to pay for food, and the gas stations are limiting us to $20. This is trash. I watched a video of a man being beaten by four temporary or auxiliary officers. When he was already on the ground, a police car rolled up and a fifth officer ran on the scene. He took out his nightstick and put in one more lick for good measure. I don't know what that guy did. He had his hands up and was unarmed. I don't recognize my island. Thanks again to Alicia. Give it up. All that stuff is hard to think about. But let's cleanse our palates right now with a news quiz from Kevin. I'm back. Hello. You know the game. Uh, does anyone does anyone volunteer, or will you be forced to? You, in the back. 
Bring yourself to me. Hello. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing well. Hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, what's your name? Tell everybody your oh, name. Hello, everyone. I'm uh, Creston St. Clair. I'm a uh, programmer. Okay, he's a programmer. That's cool. Yay, computers. We did it. All right. Let's get into the game. First story. Customs and Border protect Protection Agents sees 13 pounds of horse genitals hidden in juice boxes. Why would I lie about that? I don't know, that's, that's pretty fucking weird. Uh, story two, the wife of Trump organization ethics lawyer caught having sex in the backseat of a car with an inmate. That's a lot of words. Could be confusing. Um, third story, man falls 40 feet from the border wall prototype in California, later dying of his injuries. I think the uh, horse genitals is made up, personally. I don't think, I think, that, I don't think that's true. That is true. <laughs> so, like, I, what I want to know about that story is, that, like, is it just, like, horse genital flesh or also horse genital bone? Excuse uh, question. Yeah. Why though? <laughs> that is a good question. You know, you know how we have like uh, Robitussin. Hmm. Sometimes it doesn't cure what ails you. You just gotta rub some horse dick on yeah, it. Okay. <laughs> you know, you know. Um, the actual fake one is that uh, while a man did fall forty feet from a border wall prototype in California. Uh, he was examined and went back to work immediately. Yeah, that's, that's pretty fucking weird. Anyway, second set. Okay. First story. Though Saudi women are now able to drive, finally, um, they are still unable to try on clothes while shopping. That's pretty weird. Uh, story two. Several Motel 6 locations are under fire due to harboring undocumented immigrants from law enforcement. Story three. Florida police issued statements warning citizens not to fire guns into the approaching hurricane. I would say the Motel 6 story is made up. There's no way someone would be that um, good. <laughs> yeah. My, my note here is, just kidding, it's the opposite. They were actually tattling on uh, undocumented people. It's sad. Okay. Okay, you got one. You got one. That's good. That's good. That's good. All right. First story. A man in Bristol vows to keep playing piano in the middle of that English city until his ex gets in touch with him again. Story two. Animal rescue called to aid a lizard that actually turned out to be a kid's science project. Story three, former anchor for local Fox news stations becomes a gay porn star. Well, I mean, that obviously happened. Um, I'd say the lizard, the lizard's made up. The lizard is made up, actually. Um, it turned out to be a sock. <laughs> All right, you, you did well, Kristen. You, you did. You got two out of the three. 
Put your nice stuff in. There you go. Excellent. I believe, to date, we have never seen anyone get all three correct on Kevin's news quiz, but you'll have one more chance to see lightning strike tonight when we bring him up later. Up now, we have Joe Anderson, who previously had a life-affirming job teaching college writing before transitioning into the more lucrative career of sitting in a cubicle and telling other people in cubicles that he will circle back with them. His two main interests are reading about current events and feeling perpetual dread about current events. He's also a cast member on the role-playing adventure comedy podcast, Shuffle Quest. Welcome up, Joe Anderson. If if the last part of that bio wasn't in there, Tom would have beat me. Uh, Can everyone hear me all right? Okay, cool. Uh, Who here has had the experience of breaking up with someone you were living with? Uh, If you haven't and you're wondering what kind of person you would be in that situation, let me tell you, you would be shitty. (laughs) You would surprise yourself with your shittiness. For those that have dealt with this situation or have had to move on short notice, you know that hastily changing your address, even with mail forwarding, means things get lost. In my case, an $8 gas bill was lost in the mail. I was put into collections because of an $8, and Equifax blew up my credit score after 30 days of non-payment. When I say 30 days, I do not mean 30 days late. I mean the 30th day on a 24-day billing cycle. A lot of different Equifax reps explained to me that nothing could be done while also coaching me about the importance of personal and fiscal responsibility. I told them I had $8. I told them I was looking at $8 as we spoke. (laughs) I told them I actually had $40, which is like having $8 five times. (laughs) This was nine years ago, so the word wasn't in vogue. But if it happened today, there would be a flag in my file that said, Mr. Anderson calls everyone a cuck. As everyone knows, because literally everyone here is affected, Equifax oversaw a data breach that impacted 143 million customers. That's 44% of the population of this flag cult of a country. If, like me, you thought, there's a 56% chance that doesn't hurt me, the truth is that statistically, this affects every American household. I saw a lot of people on Facebook advocating for credit freezes, which makes it so vendors are completely barred from viewing your credit file. This keeps identity thieves from opening up new accounts using your stolen info, but it costs money, and you have to pay each time you freeze and unfreeze. If you are willing to trust and pay the system that has failed you so extraordinarily, you are in serious danger of running into a wall painted to look like a tunnel. (laughs) Here's a quick rundown of all the shenanigans Equifax pulled last month, which is a compelling mix of bumbling idiocy and criminal cynicism. Equifax said on the news and didn't go public for about uh, three weeks with the the news of the breach. As they said on the news, some of the ghouls sold their uh, company stock. The brain geniuses at the Securities Exchange Commission are likely to label this as a bitch move. (laughs) Immediately after, Equifax created a tool that lets you check if you were impacted. But it was broken as shit and confusing. 
To make a point about how the broken tool did not inspire confidence, a white hat shows how someone with malicious intent could create a spoof of that tool and use it to capture social security numbers. Equifax tweeted out the fucking fake tool! <laughs> Tuesday, under the coverage of the Vegas shooting, Equifax admitted that an additional 2.5 million identities have been compromised. To put it more directly, Equifax has benefited from some retired chud racking up a new higher score because America is an arcade game in hell's basement. (laughs) What makes the Equifax breach particularly gross is not necessarily the breadth of the leak, which is insane. It's the fact that Equifax and the other credit reporting agencies collect all your confidential shit without your consent. You're not a customer, you're the product. There is no opting out, and even if you could, not having a credit file keeps you from functioning. When a prospective employer does a background check on you, something you can't do if your credit is frozen, they see, among other things, your credit score. While a decent credit score is not an official condition for an employment, there's nothing stopping a company from not hiring you because they didn't like the numbers. Did you wonder how we got to this point? How three credit bureaus collect our information without any input from us? Here is the Sparknotes version. Forty years ago, some creep at a department store had a clipboard where he collected a bunch of creepy, deeply personal information about his customers, and then that guy went to some other stores and said, for $30, I'll let you read everything in my creepy file. (laughs) And everyone was like, oh, good deal. Access to this information whips sack. <laughs> I say whip sacks now just to frustrate Tom. Uh, it's, it's, it's when something's better than rad, it whips sack. Uh, the exchange of information compounded for several decades, and now the way companies do business hinges on these insanely invasive credit profiles. I took a business class in college, and the first thing they taught me was that you can't sell a washing machine to someone unless you know how much their dad fucks. (laughs) We need to stop treating these breaches of of this scale as an anomaly. They are a foregone conclusion. They will continue to happen. There are definitely best practices companies are just not doing, but we are idiots if we expect companies to implement these best practices, especially when the risks of shitty security are socialized on the backs of customers. I'm not saying this as an internet security expert because I am not. I am saying this as a man who works in an office with other human beings. (laughs) My job involves building and maintaining a whole bunch of pages in a content management system. Recently, a person requested a change to a page, and this is how they communicated it. They took a screenshot of their desktop. They printed out the screenshot. They put sticky notes on that printout. (laughs) They wrote on the sticky notes. They put new sticky notes on the shit they changed their mind about. (laughs) They took a picture of that printout with their phone, and then they emailed me the image as an attachment from their non-work email. (laughs) There are people like this at every company, and they all, without exception, make more money than you. Not all of them handle confidential information, in fact, most of them don't, but poor decision-making like this on a long enough timeline eventually bumps into confidential customer information. You are right in thinking that companies that hire well and train people are far less likely to make critical errors like this, but that doesn't help us 
as normal people because our hands are, excuse me, our data is in the hands of countless vendors with varying degrees of competency. As a thought exercise, I listed every account that if compromised would seriously ruin my year. I came up with 18. These 18 accounts contain credit card information. Wait, uh, 19, I, I forgot Bang Bros. <laughs> All of these accounts have credit card information that could be used fraudulently or leveraged to access more info. And yet every banking and credit card service has automatic safeguards that on paper provide a firewall against fraudulent payments. They are usually location-based. A good idea. If you live in Chicago and your debit card is buying stuff in Wyoming, they block it. But the future of mass data breaches will involve selling your information to people near your permanent residence. This literally happened last month when a bunch of credit card numbers were stolen from Sonic. It was discovered that they were being sold in batches indexed by location, so fraudsters were exclusively buying card info from Sonic customers who lived near them. Beyond that, these automated safeguards are managed by people who are overworked, underpaid, and undertrained. In 2014, my credit card information was stolen. My card was used to donate $2,000 to the Archdiocese of Chicago. It was used to pay for private elementary school in Florida. And most amazingly, spend $93 at Steak and Shake. I don't know how, I never physically lost the card. Uh, I was alerted to these changes because a rep from Capital One called me about suspicious activity. The suspicious activity was not the charges I had just listed. The representative was concerned because I had ordered pizza from the same place three days in a row. <laughs> this Equifax story, though, has a happy ending, and it's this. Equifax just won a no-bid $7 million contract with the IRS to help verify taxpayer identities. Ta-da! <laughs> so, just a quick question. Is, is whipsack a testicle thing? Because I'm a cisgendered woman, but I really thought whipping in that whole area is a big red flag. People have been very clear with me in the past. Um, uh, just a quick side note, I have seen very few people skulking over to where we've got our little tip jar for Puerto Rico. You can also tip our writers, because hasn't this been a fucking fantastic show tonight, guys? Hasn't it been? And we're just getting started. We've also got some hot as hell merch right up here. There's got buttons and stickers for the skewer and also from the podcast Shuffle Quest. We've also got our hot as hell skewer book. Only three copies left tonight. So come by and check out the merch or sign up for our email list, which is free. And you get my dope as hell emails in which I take um, the heads of powerful figures and then I shrink them down in the photos. And it's very satisfying to look at. Thank you very much. Today's was really good. What was it? You're not on the email list. So you're not going to know. 
Next up. Gwen Fulcher is a staff writer for the award-winning fiction podcast Pleasure Town, a frequent performer at the Paper Machete, a five-time Write Club champion, and a cast member of the role-playing adventure comedy podcast Shuffle Quest. Give it up for Gwen Fulcher! I don't remember putting that Shuffle Quest part in. Did Tom make you do that, or did I actually do that? Maybe I actually did that. I have no recollection. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming out. Um, I was hoping for a few billion more, but, you know, I guess I have no problem going full grassroots on this important issue for the human race. Yeah. My name is Sister Patsy Generic, and I'm here to talk about the future of our home. All right. See, Mother Earth seems a little tired of us living in her basement and telling her how much we love her, yet never paying any rent or doing any chores, you see. This month in particular, she's been giving humanity some pretty heavy-handed hints about getting the heck out. (laughs) September alone, there were five devastating storms, Harvey, Irma, Jose, Katya, and Maria, And if it feels like nothing like this has ever happened before in so short a time, it's because this level of multi-locale flooding, forced migration, and humanitarian disaster in under 30 days hasn't happened in living memory, all right? And we can't even be mad because as a collective species, we brought this on ourselves, okay. Now this might be an unpopular opinion, but I'm here to say Let's call a spade a spade, all right? If we really cared about the planet, we would have made changes long ago, but we didn't. Scientists have already said that some of the damage we've done to the planet is officially irreversible. Imagine that. You don't have to, because it's real, all right? Let's embrace our truth. Why hide behind false environmental sentiments just because they're fashionable? I mean, I don't actually recycle unless there's a bin right next to the trash can. (laughs) And even then, I might miss. (laughs) All right. Everyone, everyone loves throwing around the euphemism that we're killing the earth. We're killing it. It's dying. Why not commit to the bit? Finish Mother Earth off completely, you know what I mean? I'll tell you what I mean. Here's my proposal, okay. We feed Earth to the Dark Lord Unicron. (laughs) Then hop on over to live on him as parasitic bottom feeders. All right! For those of you unfamiliar with our great and venerable Dark Lord... Unicron, the destroyer, the chaos bringer, from whom all blessings and terrors flow in equal measure. Unicron is a transformer from the 1980s cartoon. The Transformers. As in Autobots and Decepticons. Optimus Prime and Megatron only. Unicron is a massive chaos god who takes the shape of a planet and eats planets. All right. His blood, also known as the blood of Unicron, also known as Dark Energon, is sacred. That's that's real lore. Look it up on Transformers Wiki. Okay. 
dark energon is sacred as it has the power to reanimate dead technology. So, hello, perpetually charged iPhones, am I right? I mean, they will try and kill you, but their batteries will never die. Unicron is universally feared and respected across all space and time. He's immortal, so we'll never have to worry about being in this situation again. Now, don't that just sound so safe? (laughs) Great, here's what you'll have to give up. First, Earth, obviously. She'd be such a satisfying sacrifice to our Dark Lord. I mean, who could turn down that crispy, flaky crust? Those finely aged oceans and that Swiss cheese ozone layer? Mmm, somebody kiss the cook! (laughs) All we need to do is wait for the planets to align which would kickstart Unicron's OS. Again, check the wiki, that's true. It awakens him from his billion-year slumber. Then we just hail him with a little interstellar galactic, you know, snack bag shake to let him know we have his nom-noms ready, and he'll take care of the rest. You'll never have to avoid eye contact with a Greenpeace clipboard holder in Andersonville again. Right? Okay. Second thing we have to give up is our humanity. Okay, it's fine. It's already been on the decline for like thousands of years plus the past ten months. Okay. Third, free thought, speech, and expression of any kind. We will be saved from the taxing brain power it takes to express ourselves through our clothing and hair by being provided with all-weather shapeless garbage bags. Non-biodegradable, so they last just forever. (laughs) And as for speech, well, of course, we'll have to switch to binary code, as that's the language, although hexadecimal is also accepted since the conversion is trivial. Everyone follow... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone following along so far? Great. You know, I've been on the Unicron Exodus sermon and speaking tours ever since November of last year, and the question I get the most, aside from, how come you look just like a chubby Sarah Palin with bangs combed back, is, hey lady, why don't we just move to one of the almost countless Earth-like planets that NASA has already discovered? And to that I say, wouldn't you rather have a planet that comes to you, right? <laughs> Why bother with all that silly space travel when it could be as easy as packing up your old apartment, having your new apartment, eat your old apartment, <laughs> and then moving into your new apartment? I mean, where's the competition, really? <laughs> Another question I get a lot besides how do we know you're not just one of Unicron's undead predacons in a skin suit is... <laughs> What's life gonna be like there, okay? Which is one of my favorite questions. And listen, it's simpler than you think. As proven by Transformers the movie, 1986, which is arguably better than any other Transformers movie ever made, ever. The human who 
visited our Dark Lord then were able to breathe without the aid of oxygen tanks, so he's provably inhabitable for the human race, all right, while at the same time, Lord Unicron has no discernible atmosphere. So don't think too hard about it, the animators didn't. But no atmosphere, no devastating storms. Okay, okay, great. Our Lord of Chaos doesn't consist of biological or geological matter. He's all tech and mechanics all the way through. So we can't destroy him with our silly geo-damaging human selves. There's no great barrier reef to bleach and poison into sterility. There's no forests to cut garish scars into. No indigenous cultures to crush and assimilate. Trust me, he's fresh out. I mean, I mean, he's totally uninhabited. Sure, our existence would be reduced to an oily, rust-colored hellscape of violence and cannibalism, and every day at least 500,000 of you would have to be sacrificed by being dropped into an acid pit that serves as a stomach, providing fuel for his fury and glory. But listen, how much worse is that really compared to what you're already dealing with? Who needs amber waves of grain? Who needs Purple Mountain's majesty? Who needs national parks, natural wonders, or lakes, or rivers, or trees that explode in bright, beautiful colors every year around this time? It's time for the human race to claim its true nature. Trash bag garments for every adult and child. WD-40 coated skin, unwashed bodies, dirt-packed fingernails for everyone. We earned this. This is our birthright. This is our inheritance. <laughs> All right? Okay. Well, that concludes my presentation. Thank you for having me. If you're interested in my speaking tour, my next stop will be the United States President's front lawn, where I'll be burning the White House to the ground. Okay, because even the cold, desolate, flawless heart of our Dark Lord knows a shipper when he sees one. <laughs> <sighs> Unicron, the home our humanity deserves. Thank you. Give it up for Gwen. My favorite Unicron trivia is that in that 1980s movie, it was Orson Welles' last role. And, uh, I like to picture corpulent, nasty, mean spirit Orson Welles being handed, give me a script there. I'm Unicron. <laughs> now, the third installment of our news quiz. Who dares try for a perfect three? Who will be the chosen? I can get a perfect three. Oh, 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 oh. I guess it's better that I wouldn't be host and also participant. Come to the stage, please. What's your name? My name is Josh. Cool. All right. That's, that's a cool name. That's a name. It's fine. Yeah. It's <laughs> Never met a Josh I liked in my whole life. All right. Cool. All right. Let's, let's... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, okay. Okay. We'll move on to the first story. Uh, Britain's National Health Service held English tests to weed out immigrant candidates, but is now forced to relax their standards as the native speakers fail them. 
sorry to. The Department of Homeland Security is set to monitor the social media presence of immigrants starting October 18th. Stop that. Sorry, three. San Diego is power washing their downtown area after numerous <laughs> semen contaminations, which has led to a deadly outbreak. I can repeat anything. No, no. I, I would believe the first story if it were America, but I, I think the people who speak the Queen's English are probably doing okay, so I think the first one's fake. No, that's, that's true. That's fucking true. That's fucking true. It's, it's, oh, yeah. They're there's so, there's super watching uh, the immigrant social media thing, so do look out for that. But uh, so, uh, for San Diego, it's not semen. It's actually fecal matter. Oh. Of course. <laughs> Duh. It's fucking gross. Uh, so yeah, there's like a hepatitis A outbreak because there's just shit everywhere. That's weird. Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> Second set of stories. Um, number one. Former member of Congress proclaims, proclaims that Ted Cruz liking porn on Twitter is easily the most human thing he has ever done. I agree with that. <laughs> yes. You agree with that. Everyone agrees with that. <laughs> Story two. A sex robot was sent for repairs after a tech fair when men groped her to the point of leaving her broken and heavily soiled. What does that even mean? Story three. There's a Saudi textbook that features an, imi- uh, an image of King Faisal Signing the UN, Car- the UN Carter, sorry, UN Charter in 1945 alongside Yoda. That is the fictional character from Star Wars, Yoda. I believe he's three foot nothing. The the Yoda. The Yoda. Okay. Yes. Oh man, this year has fucked up my conception of real news. Uh, I think weird. that's the point of the game. I think yeah. Yeah. Um. Ah, shit. What was the first one? <laughs> the first one is uh, Ted Cruz. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh... And, and specifically, uh, a, a former Congress member saying that that's easily the most human thing he's ever done. Um... Second one is a sex robot. Three yeah. is Yoda. I, I, I'm going to say the first one wasn't real because it's too much like something I would easily agree with, as I do, uh, to be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is fake. What he actually said was that he uh, thought Tom... <laughs> Sorry. He thought Ted Cruz only got off from stealing healthcare from the poor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that story because I get to like I get to say mean things about him in two different ways. It's beautiful. It's fun. Thank you. Okay, the, the third set. A patient receives a new transsexual surgery she helped invent. Uh, story two, which is going to get way sadder. Uh, Bangladeshi government claims that Burmese military is planting landmines on their borders to prevent the Rohingya refugees from entering. That's pretty fucked up. Uh, Story three. Uh, At a Hurricane Irma televised press conference, an interpreter for the death signed gibberish, including a partial performance of the Macarena. Mm. (laughs) I would like to believe I would have heard 
I feel like the third one's fake. That's not it. That is fake. He did do gibberish, though. He did the signs for pizza, bear, and monster. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny, but it's also super fucked up because he's supposed to be like, hey, deaf people, go away from the hurricane. Right. Yeah. No, oh, well. Anyway, you got two out of three. Yeah. You, you did it. Oh, uh, also a fun fact, uh, since we went on about Unicron. Um, in high school, I was in a, a music duo thing where we were uh, both named after different Transformers. My, my friend was uh, Soundwave, and that's, that's a Transformer that turns into a beatbox. Or not a, yeah, a, a tape deck, I guess, or whatever. And then I was Devastator, which is like five different robots. It's like a Voltron. It's done. I, I'm not even going to go into it. There you go. That's a fun fact. Now, Erica. Excellent. Uh, since my last mic break, I have seen zero skulkers up to the our little email list and up to our little cup over here. So we might even pass that email list around and uh, do that skulking. Now it's up for the last element of the night, which is the skewer debate. One of our challengers, Cody Melcher, host of the Weird Books podcast, Tome Foolery, He's a comedian, writer, and co-host of Show Party Show... No, here we go. Co-host of Show Party Party Show Shindig at the Public House Theater every last Wednesday of the month. He's a cast member and resident peculiar paladin of the role-playing adventure comedy podcast Shuffle Quest. He also does too many other things, but he's moving soon, so it doesn't matter. Welcome up, Cody Melcher! And last up, you know him, you love him. It's Tom Harrison, co-producer and co-founder of the Skewer Live Show and Podcast, a Right Club multi-time champion, as well as game master on the role-playing adventure comedy podcast, Shuffle Quest. Give it up for Tom! Listen to Shuffle Quest. I need, I just want to make sure this is the right height for me. Okay. Yeah. I'm larger than the average bear. One of them has to stay short. For me. Gentlemen. <laughs> At an Alabama rally in September, President Trump referred to NFL players who take a knee during the national anthem as sons of bitches who disrespect the flag, prompting a statement from NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell that the president himself showed an unfortunate lack of respect later when NBA championship team the Golden State Warriors were uninvited from visiting the White House. The president received clapback from Steph Curry and LeBron James, the two greatest players in the league. Your question. Given that this issue is pulling the president's attention away from preemptive thermonuclear war and dismantling democracy, what would be the best way for major league athletes to further disrespect the flag? Tom? Yeah. What will you be arguing? I'll be arguing that athletes should wear American flag underpants on the outside. 
The outside of what, Tom? The outside of their pants. Come on. <laughs> Cody, what will you be arguing? Um, I will be arguing that instead of that, they should be squatting and grimacing instead of kneeling also. It's a several layer tiered system uh, that I will have a PowerPoint for in my car after the show if you want to hang out and get a drink or something. Gentlemen, which, would you like, which of you would like to go first? Tom wants to go first. Sure. Tom. <laughs> Cody seems to want to go second, so. Um, I'm being polite. Thank you. Football, friends, football. What could more exemplify the raw American spirit? All American. Picture it. You got your two quivering lines of 11 sweaty, enormous men, each one an undulating meat mountain, a picture of the American hyper-masculine ideal. They're huge. They're strong. They're fast. They skated through college via a corrupt system that devalues academia, exploits their labor, and is complicit in systems of sexual abuse. They're playing a cartoonishly dangerous game that gives you oatmeal brain. A game that should absolutely, absolutely be illegal by even the loosest standards. Each man in each line aching to absolutely murk their counterpart dead, each becoming, with every brain-liquefying hit, that much more likely to beat their wives. It's true, it's not a joke. <laughs> their hinders are squeezed like sweet savory sausages into those gleaming pants. Those pants looking like some kind of goddamn cosplay of a sexy lady detective from the future. <laughs> Meanwhile, we, the viewers, spend conservatively 100% of the game's running time watching ads for some fucking dong pills for your ruinous hog. <laughs> These damnable shards you shove down your oily gullet so that they can, by the combined efforts and sheer force of will of centuries of medical science and in clenched jaw defiance of reason and God, hoist up your blighted dick like an old sad knight with one arm raising a rusty drawbridge so that you can inflict seconds of terrible punishment on whomever you've trapped in a loveless quagmire wherein you sit nude in two separate clawfoot tubs on top of a hill and listen, buddy, I'm going to give it to you unadorned. I haven't watched a football game in years. I don't know if they still have that ad. But we never got any fucking answers as to who put those tubs there. And I, for one, haven't forgotten. To reiterate, to reiterate, football. We live in a terrifying time in which reality seems unmoored. Apocalypse looks less and less like the realm of dystopian fiction. Our monstrous leader careens from yawping at the moon like a swamp ape to just slamming, slamming down the gas on the highway to extinction. And as, it, as tempting as extinction is, there are a lot of video games I still want to play. <laughs> Any distraction that keeps him from actively ruining the world is not only good, but an absolute requirement. And disrupting the all-American spectacle of football is a surefire way to enrage our diaper president. 
NFL players protesting this month kept him from tweeting about nuclear war for nearly an entire weekend. We need to keep this up. <laughs> now, further imagine football. This, as I said, vulgar dumb show of America's howling id. And if you think I'm being uncharitable, consider that the racist team that cheats is the one that always wins. <laughs> Imagine all these football boys had the damn flag stretched, stretched against their butts, taut, taut and shiny as a drum that is also shiny. Friends, our football boys have to wear a flag under ruse for the good of the country. Now you might be asking, what is this going to accomplish? Why is this going to make Trump mad? Well, I made a reference to it earlier. Let's see if you picked it out. And we all know, of course, that the P-tape is real. <laughs> My friends, when Trump sees the flag under ruse, when he sees that shape, that telltale shape on, this, on these boys, he will come to one conclusion as certain as the day is long. Folks, he's going to think it's a diaper. He's going to think they're wearing diapers. Yay, I say to you, he will be certain that the football men are loading their diapers with heinous logs. And that with every football hit that knocks them on their bottom, they smoosh them. I, I tell you, they really grind them. Right into the flag. Old glory. He will, th he will think this. And he will think everyone is thinking it because he does not know what empathy is. <laughs> and thus we will have baited Trump into exposing himself more than we could have dreamed. We have fantasized long about the P-tape made manifest. And now he will admit it himself. My buddies, the boy wears diapers. Now... This revelation won't actually do anything. Like, he, he is 1,000% president for life. Strap in, folks. But it's essentially a perpetual motion machine of distraction because he is forced to forever yell down the people making fun of his diaper, which will in turn be hilarious. And people will make fun of that. And they, of course, will make fun of all of this because it is hilarious. And we get the fringe benefit of all of his alt-right cultists, you know, your Mike Cherneviches, your baked Alaskas, who already have a history of adopting self-destructive and unpleasant behavior out of spite. You remember uh, when they all ate their steaks well done because they thought it was alpha? They will, for sure, start defying, defiantly doing doo-doos and pee-pees in their diapers as they stare steely-eyed at us and go, triggered much libs? <laughs> and we'll just be like, uh, okay. <laughs> don't, don't keep doing that forever, I guess. <laughs> Guys, you know the right choice. Let's put them briefs on the outside. Do it for America. Thank you. Uh, just, as a, just as a point of order, I, uh, I was informed that this was the Halloween show and I was to bring a costume, um, but since I am a scared person who was worried nobody else would and was correct, uh, I still, however, did bring a half-assed costume, and I'm going to put it on because I didn't want you good people to think that I wouldn't come in a full suit to a debate. So... I'm going to put on my Ravenclaw robes real quick. For the listeners at home who can't see, uh, there we go. All right? Good? Cool. That's not part of it. <laughs> I just wanted to be proper. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, also, just as a, as a parliamentary motion, since uh, Tom spent two-thirds of his time just making a, a general statement against Donald Trump's administration, I would like to tack his argument onto my argument. Thank you. Um, <laughs> my fellow flat earthers, I could easily wrap all of this up, refuting my opponent's position immediately by pointing out that people are already wearing American flag underpants on the outside. The Harlem Globetrotters, Rocky Balboa, your Uncle Ted at barbecues, and that one unfortunate outdoor wedding. So it's lost all luster and meaning, just like your Uncle Ted at that one unfortunate outside wedding. I could also point out that Tom drives with his left foot. Apparently you all didn't see when he said Trump's pumping on the gas and used his left foot. I could also point out what, as I'm sure everyone with a Twitter or Facebook account now knows about the United States flag code because of the 5 to 17 articles written about it, the U.S. Code, Title IV, Chapter 1, Section 8, follow along in your own copies, says, D, the flag should never be used as wearing apparel, bedding, or drapery, but again, to get upset about that requires reading and facts. So that won't even work to distract Donald Julian Trump because he doesn't like facts and doesn't even know what reading is. I could also point out that Beyonce wore American flag underwear on the outside on stage in October of 2001, so it's even fashionable automatically because Beyonce. But I won't do any of that. Instead, I'll begin as one must at all times by defining terms for clarity and eventual comedic effect. What does it mean to squat? The people over, the, uh, over at the We Couldn't Win the War Ourselves Oxford English Dictionary define squatting as crouch or sit. Oh, yes, let's boo the people who fought World War II. Crouch or sit with one's knees bent and one's heels close to or touching one's buttocks or the back of one's thighs. It's also a weightlifting exercise. So great, we've already got everything people want out of sports, exercise and butts. <laughs> and what does it mean to grimace? Dictionary.com defines the verb grimace as make a grimace. <laughs> and what is a grimace? McDonald's Wiki defines it as a character featured in McDonaldland commercials. He is a large, purple, anthropomorphic being of indeterminate species with short arms and legs. He is known for his slow-witted demeanor. His most common expression is the word duh before every sentence. And what would be a more perfect way to protest Donald Johansson Trump than by evoking his most powerful ally, people whose common expression is the word duh, and his most powerful enemy, Large, purple, anthropomorphic beings of indeterminate species. <laughs> now, I know what you're thinking. Squatting and grimacing sounds gay, and it is, thank you. <laughs> but I'm sure you're also thinking, squatting and grimacing? That sounds like a poop joke. And I refuse to acknowledge that because I am enormously well-bred. I won't be making any scatological jokes about farting or tooting or flatulence or passing gas or breaking wind or wafting vapors or sinking the Lusitania or cutting cheese or ripping one or vicar sliming or poo ghosting or butt irritation. Because I attended private school and learned how to make a Manhattan when I was seven. Rye whiskey, Italian vermouth, and two dashes of Angostura bitters stirred by the love of God and garnished with a cherry or a self of 
or a sense of uh, accomplishment. <laughs> However, interesting to note that another synonym for flatulence is trumping. Just food, food for thought there. In closing my opening, as we all must at some point in our lives, I refuse to remind you all, I refuse to remind you all that my opponent's position is not only unoriginal, but is also confusing and ultimately futile, as are his attempts to wear a bow tie in general. So I will not remind you of all of those very clear and obvious facts. And because I'm unyieldingly generous, I will attempt to pander to the audience with what the internet assures me is a joke which I have edited for grammar. <laughs> Query. What do you call a teacher who doesn't fart in public? Answer. A private tutor. Vote for me. Is this an election? I don't know. I lost track halfway through. Anyway, whatever this is, do the thing that makes me the happy person. Thank you. Well, you've heard their opening statements. Bold ones. Yeah, go for a rebuttal, man. This is my way of doing these, like, like, Brutus is an honorable man shit. You're seeing through that, right? But Brutus is an honorable man. As are they all honorable men. I know the whole speech. Don't bring this. <laughs> you, brought a, you brought a quote to a Friends, <laughs> Romans, countrymen, lend Co- me your ear. Co- Cody, there was never any... There was never any doubt that you knew the whole speech. The fault is not in our stars, dear Brutus. Tom, we need to move to the questions, and my heart is there in the casket with Caesar. And so I must pause till it return to me. Cody. Yes? Given that squatting and grimacing is the president's preferred method of mounting in a given chair as if it was a golden toilet. Yes. How do you propose mitigating the likely event that the president interprets squats and grimaces as a loving tribute by groveling sycophants and thus unworthy of remark? Hmm, that's a good question. Thank you, Erica. I believe that the question isn't so much how do we make it clear to Trump, but more of how do we make it less clear to everyone else. (laughs) If you follow me. In Star Trek The Next Generation, (laughs) Riker would often sit Riker style. And while no one knew why, we all accepted it and we all understood it because of its innate truth. And so too do I believe you will find, or not find, squatting and grimacing. Thank you. Tom, the Superman look, as it's widely known, has of course been popular with virile masculine types since time untold. How do you anticipate the new protest outfits will impact gameplay in terms of aggression and or homoeroticism? Well, I mean, I spoke a lot of, uh, extensively about their gleaming hinders. Um, I think it will affect uh, Donald Trump as a viewer in that uh, he being afraid of all human sexuality that is not uh, 
aimed directly at Eastern European women. He will see these flags and, I mean, and this is discounting the diaper argument, which is just clowning, of course. Uh, he will see these flags. He'll be like, well, I gotta respect that. And then he will see uh, the undulating flesh of a perfect male specimen locked in epic combat. He's gonna feel something for the first time in several decades. He's gonna hate it because, I mean, he's, he's bad. I'm coming off this time. Not every, not every clause is going to be a winner. I, I ain't Cody. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is... <laughs> Cody, a full rendition of the Star Spangled Banner can take up to two Ariana Grande minutes, mm. which is a long squat indeed. How do you propose making sure that the tight quads and hammies of our woke professional athletes are able to handle that kind of workout? Mm. I'm glad you asked, Erica. I am going to be bold. I'm going to be brave. And I will personally offer to train and support any non-trousel-abusing football player because they don't get none of this. But who wishes to work on their squatting and their general leg muscles in terms of lifting tall six foot three objects weighing roughly 195 <laughs> in the air or with the help of a shower rod or closet. <laughs> I could go on, but that will be in my fan fiction later. Thank you. Tom. Yeah. Football and baseball players already wear tight pants, as you've noted, that hug their shapely, meaty legs. It est, their outfits are ready-made for underwear on top. But basketball players like Steph Curry and LeBron James wear loose shorts with a typically drop crouch. Do you propose any design modifications to the underwear with regard to the sweet sport of basketball? Well, hell yeah, I do. <laughs> Erica, it's been said in I'm gonna say every single performance piece tonight that the current world is, uh, as the poets say, bad. Blows. We hate it. We look back to the days when there was not a ton of open fascism. We look back to, let, let's go ahead and say, uh, the 70s. There was still a malaise. We know that. Every movie was about crime and was very sad. And everyone's cars looked dirty. <laughs> but at least, at least, at least Donald Trump was known as a national... Was he, was he in public life in the 70s? He's really old. Let's say, yeah, he was known as a national clown at that point and not our god king who reigns o'er us all. What I'm getting at is throwbacks. People like them. Go back to them 70s-style basketball shorts that were basically already underwear. There was no slack. And then, also, you put the underoos on the outside, you get some bonus because you know, you know that there's not going to be any accidents. With those, with those shorts high up as they are, you always worry. Whipping sack. Thank you. Final question for both of you. Oh, for both of 
both of us. Oh, it's a twofer. Do you want to share a mic, Tom? No, you go first. Given no, that a bitch is a female dog, yeah. and thus sons of bitches are puppies, mm-hmm. and given that puppies bark, mm-hmm. and given that bark is part of trees, yes. does the president know the difference between professional athletes and trees? <laughs> Please cite at least one point of evidence, real or imagined. Whoa. I appreciate the question, Erica. <laughs> to be fair, if a basketball player falls on a court <laughs> and nobody has fouled him, does he take the shot? We'll never know. No, he's dumb. Excellent. Well, that concludes the question and answer section. Since Tom went first with the openers, Tom will go last for the closers. So let's have Cody now with his closing statement. the ladies, gentlemen, and envies of the court. In summation. The McDonald's wiki continues. Originally, Grimace was the evil Grimace with two pairs of arms with which to steal milkshakes. After that first campaign, the character was revised to be one of the, quote, good guys, end quote, and his number of arms was reduced by two. These commercials and merchandise generally portray him as a well-meaning simpleton whose clumsy antics provide a comic foil to Ronald McDonald. The character was retained after the streamlining of the characters in the 1980s and was one of the few members to also be retained until the end of the McDonaldland commercials. Grimace was last seen at Dodger Stadium on July 18th, 2012, versus the Philadelphia Phillies, dancing to Ram Jam's 1977 classic, Black Betty. End quote. What could be more truly American? And also, what could be more terrifying and distracting than a formerly evil, large, purple, anthropomorphic being of indeterminate species with short arms and legs dancing to Ram Jam's 1977 classic, Black Betty? I know that's not what I'm arguing for in this debate, but aren't I? I will also remind you all that I am moving in a month, and... And it would be really nice to remember Chicago as a land of caring, generous people who understand how an argument is properly structured. And not as a backwater hamlet who couldn't even get a president murdered at their World's Fair. Oh yeah, poor McKinley. Go to the Philippines with that bullshit. All right. Yes, finally, there's also a whole Grimace's uncle and Shamrock Shake enthusiast uncle of Grimacy rabbit hole, which you are more than encouraged to fall into. Thank you. Before I get into my closing statements, you should listen to Shuffle Quest. It's got such a great cast. In order to properly do this, in order to properly 
argue for wearing your underpants on the outside. And in deference to it being the dress up in a costume show, I need to don the appropriate vestments. And this is where, if Amazon hadn't failed me, I would pull out some American flag underpants and put them on on the outside. They were supposed to give it to me today. There was something uh, called a guaranteed delivery date. That was today. Now, I'm willingly buying in and enabling our prime overlord, this megacorp that is going to subsede all government. And they can't get me my goddamn underoos in time. This is like the least they could do, considering they're definitely stealing my genetic code so they can make a clone army of me. And yes, I understand that it would not be I who is cloned for the clone army. It was a joke. They would clone a strong person. You may be noticing, and especially if you're my opponent, you have noticed, that this topic of wearing flag underpants on the outside is pretty close to what a lot of Republicans actually do already. And it actually isn't that offensive or disrespectful. Uh, it actually kind of rules. To which I would reply, hey man, I just work here. <laughs> Personally, my own opinion, I think this kicks ass. This is good to me. But more to the point, we live in hell world. Shit's bad. Lawlessness is king. Pain is our new baseline. If we do not choose to give ourselves happiness, the world will promptly supply us with a generous dollop of misery with which to fill our bellies. We're all having a fun time tonight. Ugh, Jesus Christ. We're all having a fun time tonight at a goofy comedy show with our friends. You know, and outside these doors, our world cracks and bleeds. Folks, it's a bad scene. We're all out there fighting the good fight. We're calling our Congress people, right? Good, right answer. We deserve and need the small joys. Wearing flag underpants on the outside is good. It's fun, it's pleasant. I look good in my flag underpants. It says, wait for applause here. But I have no flag underpants. And even taking away from the Trump angle, let's, let's discount that entirely. I just have to look you in the eyes and ask, wouldn't it be cool if all of our athletes looked like fun, flag-based superheroes? Don't answer. Don't answer. I know. It would be cool. Thank you. Wow. What a contest of words and ideas indeed. And now, we're going to judge our two debaters. And a winner, I know. Isn't it hard? Uh, the winner will receive this skewer with a disco bobble at the end. And Winnie is going to be our lovely judge. So, if you think Tom won the debate tonight, cheer madly now! And if you think Cody won the debate tonight, cheer madly now. <laughs> Winnie. Cody. 
Cody, how can people keep in touch with you once you uh, leave our fair city? Uh, um, so you can, uh, you can email me at CodyMelcher at gmail.com. <laughs> Uh, you can tweet at me at Cody Melcher ESQ on all social media but one. Uh, you can check out my podcast, Tome Foolery. You can call me at 512 963 8704. You can talk to me after the show. I'll be drinking at the bar. Uh, you can also go to Glendale, California and wander around near the three story Barnes and Noble, and I will eventually emerge. <laughs> I'm also available for parties. Uh, Cody, I understand that you're not proud of the work you do on Shuffle Quest because you hate it um, and, and don't, don't care about it at all. But you can also find Cody on Shuffle Quest, which comes out every yeah. other Wednesday, the latest episode dropped today. And you can, uh, you can also find Tom Harrison uh, doing an impression of, of my grandmother being passive-aggressive. Um, oh, this is openly aggressive. Now it is. Uh, you, can also, you can also find Tom not understanding how time works because we got this debate topic like a week ago and he couldn't get the underwear in time. So thank you. Thank you very much, everybody. If you haven't dropped a dollar or two into our cup for Puerto Rico, please do that. If you want to make a donation for our kick-ass readers tonight, you could go ahead and do that up at the front. You can stop by and get some merch. Get on our hot-as-hell email list and see my super, super secret Photoshop jobs. And you can come check us out in November on Wednesday, November 1st. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great, safe Halloween. Thanks for listening to the Skewer Podcast. If you liked what you heard, uh, you can come to a live show. We're here at Cafe Mustache every first Wednesday of the month. Uh, our next is going to be our second anniversary show. That's going to be a lot of fun. I hope I can see you there. If you can't make it, there is, of course, always the podcast. And if you like it, why not subscribe to it or review us on uh, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and if you want to follow us, we are on Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, you can email us at skewerchicago at gmail.com if you want to know more or uh, inquire about being in the show. We like new performers, so, you know, get at us. Uh, until then, uh, thanks for listening and see you next month. <laughs>